I was supervising elementary education majors. And so seeing these students come in and we went a four year span without a single male elementary education major. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord, a podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have teacher, principal, and author of Limitless Classroom, Adam DeVico, as he shares his journey to becoming an educator, the gender gap in elementary school teachers, and why students need more. Today, we have a quick little episode with our education expert, Ryan Giffen. Here is his interview with Adam DeVico. Adam DeVico is, uh, well, you know what, Adam, you just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the origin story, the background, what you've done and have been doing. Sure. Lifelong educator, I guess, or professional, uh, in my professional life, educator, it's all I know. I don't have many other skills, so I got to stick to education. It's what I know and uh, it's what I enjoy and I guess decent at, but. Tell us a little bit about places. So you you were you spent time at the Ron Clark Academy. I did. I started. Well, I'll back up. I started teaching fifth grade in uh, North Carolina. Uh, moved within North Carolina to Charlotte. Taught fifth grade still there. Then got a neat opportunity to go down and teach at the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta, where I uh, got to not only teach but also start this whole idea of professional development and presenting a little bit. You know, in my small little classroom, and it. Yeah kind of took off from there a little bit into different directions. I got a chance from there to, well, within Ron Clark Academy, start traveling for them mm-hmm. and be their school implementation director. So I was traveling around the country, kind of bring those strategies to schools, which was really awesome. From there, I got a chance to work at my alma mater, Wake Forest University in North Carolina as a clinical professor. So I was working with you know, college students who wanted to be teachers. And that was, that was a really cool role because it got me used to working with you know, adults. I mean, college students are you know kind of adult-like-ish. And then I, you know, kind of my, my back of my mind all the time was always wanted to lead a school. And so went back to school, got my administrative degree and ended up being a principal. And you've written two books, uh, mm-hmm. in, in the inside, Trenches. Inside the Trenches. Inside and the then Trenches. The Limitless School, which I wrote with my buddy Abe Hagee. Tell us, mm-hmm. just give us in a snapshot why you wanted to get into teaching. What what drew you to be an educator? And I know you've been an educator in various different roles as a leader and a professor and a teacher and a trainer um, and doing professional development for schools. What was the genesis behind that? So it's funny. I was one of those people that just always knew. You know, you hear a thousand different ways of yeah. ways people got into education. Man, I knew since I was like, five really yeah five or six i I used to go home in kindergarten first grade and i would make i have a younger brother and so whatever we were doing in school that day i would basically make my own version of that so if it's math problems or something like that so i would make a, a replica of that on just a piece of paper and then i would make my brother do it and then i would use remember those mr sketch <laughs> markers where, like you can uncap it and smell it smells like grape or cherry oh, or whatever course. you just inhale them so i, I remember Maybe my teachers them, but that was probably the that, five-year-old you know i would teach their own but <laughs> i would i would grade them in you know the cherry red mr sketch markers and so i guess as long as i can remember that was just my that was my origin story. I mean, I just always knew. And even throughout middle school, high school, every job I've ever done 
any job, volunteering or paid, has always been involving kids. So camp counselor, coach, referee, babysitter. What was was there parental influence or was it you just loved school? No, I my dad is in the business world, banking business world, and my mom owned an embroidery business. So sewing. So what? literally there there was no Cuz normally those stories rhyme. are like yeah, you know, my parents, parents were a exactly. teacher, or my grandmother was exactly. or what? That's... I have no idea. I, I couldn't tell you why. It just always, I, I guess I enjoyed helping people learn, whatever like, context that was at the time. You're like the unicorn of teacher callings. Especially being a guy in elementary school. Dang. There, there, were, there ain't many of us. <laughs> that is great. But I just always enjoyed it and just kind of found my direction in it. In our culture right now, we're very focused on equality um, and uh, or equity, mm-hmm. uh, and making sure there's uh, an equitable opportunity for all of our students. But you know, in the professional world, you know, there's um, you know sometimes a gap between you know men and women as far as numbers go mm-hmm. um, of men being involved in the elementary education profession. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? I think historically there are some. There's some historical background to it that you can trace back to, but even as time has changed, you still haven't seen the updates that society has seen in so many other professions. Mm. And that whole male in teaching, especially elementary teaching, mm. it's just such a hard sell uh, for whatever reason. I saw it firsthand too, even when I was working at the university, yeah. I was supervising elementary education majors. And so seeing these students come in and we went for, we went um, a four year span, four year span without a single male elementary education major, four year gap. That was less than dance major. That was less than women (laughs) and gender studies major. They both had male majors in that time period. And so I, I tried every method. I, I was out on the sports teams. I was recruiting from uh, freshman halls. I was wow. out. I mean, just, and, and being a guy, I was trying to just, you know, recruit through that. So that's difficult. I don't know. It was, it, it's baffling and frustrating at the same time. And because it's interesting, mo- I mean, everybody has their favorite teacher stories. Yeah. And so many of them, when they have an elementary male mm-hmm. teacher, there's always a profound impact that that person has had on that student. So like mine, fifth grade, Mr. Carloy, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time he was really, and he was a great teacher. Now I can retrospectively look back on what he did, but man, he like really instilled with us chivalry and, you know, Mm -hmm. fairness and treating girls um, with manners and respect. And which was, I think an incredible, valuable lesson that was not in the curriculum or the books that he taught. And that I think we didn't get that from the female teachers. You know, it was, it was an interesting thing. And I think that was one of my most impactful years of my education life was with Mr. Carloy, fifth grade. Yeah, for so. sure. I mean, it, it, there's just something about seeing yourself in your teacher um, That's true. that, you know, people do connect with. And so whether it's a male and I'll go even further, having, you know, males of color in the classrooms um, in elementary school, it's only about one to two percent depending on mm-hmm. the study you look at, only about one to two percent of African-Americans specifically, African-American males uh, in uh, elementary teaching. Tell us kind of what drives you. Why, why continuing down this path of being an educator and why, and especially in a culture and a world right now where it's really hard uh, and the retention in mm-hmm. education is tough. Oh man, it's so tough. And 
I think what keeps me going is just knowing that kids need more. I mean, they just, there's so much opportunity out there for kids to learn more, to be more. And I just, I feel that I personally can contribute to that in in many different ways. You know, it's funny because I always kind of saw myself as, you know, one of those, um, you know, I'm going to retire after 30 mm-hmm. years in the same exact classroom. And, so, and yeah. you know, it just didn't, you know, life has opportunities and doors right. open, which right, is great. Right. And, you know, it's, it's fine. I've, I've been super fortunate and lucky in the paths I've had. Uh, so no matter what role or perspective that I come in at, I feel I have something to contribute. And so it keeps me going. I also, I grew up in a family, in a community that, you know, taught me a lot of things and in my schools that I've been at some of them had students who unfortunately were not able to grow up in those houses or communities that were able to Mm -hmm. provide for them like I was provided for and so I I see it as my way also to you know give back a little bit as well and um, you know do what I can to improve society I know it sounds a bit uh, cheesy at times but I I enjoy it I, I really love being with kids and working with them thank you for joining us for the beyond speaking podcast make sure you subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to learn more about today's guest visit beyondspeak.com this episode of the beyond speaking podcast your technical director producer and head Steelers fan was me eric woody brian lord was your host and executive producer shout out to special consultant lauren d of d and associates and robert borquez for that sweet sweet intro If you've listened this far, do me a favor and justify my existence and salary by checking out another episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast.